Hey, welcome to new episode of podcast with Avash. And if you are new to our channel, please do subscribe to our YouTube channel. We have Facebook, we have Instagram, and uh, please visit our website in podcastwithavash.com. And as usual, I have a new guest. His name is Sitsit Patta. So you might have known him from, uh, well, if you have taken any ride in, around Nepal in uh, scooters or motor, motorbikes, you might have used his app called Tootle. So we'll be talking a lot about those and his uh, background in entrepreneurship. So I would want to welcome Mr. Sitsit Patta. Dai, welcome to podcast with Avash. Thanks, Avash. Good to, good to be here. Oh, definitely. So I'm really glad to be connecting with you, especially uh, it's been, I've been hearing a little bit about uh, entrepreneurship and uh, having a lot of Nepalese being interested in business and so on. And when I came upon uh, the information that Nepal had been uh, working a lot uh, with a lot of development in the Uber side or in the, say, Tootle side of area where people uh, use different apps for transportation, and your app came up uh, from my, I got that information a little bit about your app. And I'm like, okay, there's a lot of uh, talk we can have. And I would want to, just to give a little background and uh, Mr. Sitsidai, uh, can you give me a little bit background by yourself? Well, um, you know, I, I started my career back in 2002, which is a long time ago, almost 20 years as a, as a telecom engineer after I graduated uh, as a telecom engineer. And um, I had my career in telecom company. Then I moved on to a bank, worked there for five years. So, uh, you know, I've, I've had almost 12 years of experience working for others. And uh, back in 2013, 2014, I decided to move on from my uh, job in a, in a bank. And after that, we uh, tried to do something new. So, uh, and jumped into this idea of entrepreneurship in my 30s. And uh, that's how it all began. And in 2016, we uh, uh, started our operations. And 2017, January, we went uh, uh, live commercially. So uh, that's, that's the story of Tootle in a nutshell. So that's, that's a brief uh, background about me. You yeah, know, that's, that's awesome. I've been a te 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 telecom professional, moved on to being a banker. And then now I'm an entrepreneur. That's but uh, you know, for for anyone who uh, would want to know me, I think uh, I'm. I, I like to learn every time, and uh, so. So you have a uh, little bit of background on uh, telecommunication, and you eventually end up being an entrepreneur. So, uh, mm -hmm. tell me a little bit about Tootle. Uh, I know a lot of audience might have already known and used your app. Total, which is uh, pretty much uh, covers the area around Kathmandu Valley, and is it around more than that? No, it's uh, right now. It's only inside Kathmandu. So, uh, yeah. so is it? Uh, does it only cover uh, like specific area, like a radius of some no, sort? No. Uh, no, we we are pretty much functional throughout the valley. So mm. that's how we are. Okay, yeah. and uh, you have yeah. as a 
for a lot of people who are new to the app itself. So you can, it's more mm -hmm. similar to Uber, a Lyft uh, app mm -hmm. where you, um, mm -hmm. anybody uh, can, uh, it's a ride sharing app. So you can uh, yeah. uh, just register it and call for your ride and somebody with a scooter or a motorbike mm -hmm. comes to pick you up and uh, put uh, leave you to your destination, which is similar to taxi, except it is more uh, advanced generation of uh, mode of transportation from my perspective. Is that, what, uh, is that see, a good definition? Uh, yes and no. Mm -hmm. I mean, when we, when we speak about entrepreneurship, when we speak about what we're doing compared to uh, what people like you who live in the the West are exposed to in terms of ride-sharing platforms like Ubers and the Lyfts of the world. Uh, the, the fundamental differences are not not in terms of you know, the, the design, look and feel, and uh, what the app does. Basically, if you're uh, hitching a ride on an Uber, or you're taking a Lyft on Lyft, mm -hmm. or you're taking a Tootle, Functionally, you're doing the same thing mm -hmm. with that, right? Functionally. But there's a fundamental difference. The fundamental difference is how Uber came along mm -hmm. and how Tootle came along. Uh, where does Uber operate and where does Tootle operate? Okay. So to begin with, I think if you, if we're speaking about Ubers of the world, it comes from Silicon Valley. And when we're speaking about Silicon Valley and US, we're talking about uh, uh, developed countries uh, that already have an existing transportation infrastructure, mm -hmm. okay? So for example, if you have to go from downtown Dallas to somewhere uh, in the suburbs, uh, you can easily find uh, public transit. In Europe, you can easily do. Um, if you have to go from Manhattan to Queens, in New York, you can just get inside a subway and do it any time of the day, any day in the year, uh, right? Mm -hmm. So it, it comes from a place which already has an abundance uh, of options in terms of people's mobility. That's the first thing. And therefore, an app like Uber uh, or Lyft just adds to the convenience of your mobility needs, convenience. Mm -hmm. The second thing that uh, one also needs to uh, possibly understand is that uh, uh, in the West, the employment rate is very high, meaning the unemployment rate is very low. People find jobs, that's how the economy kicks in. Uh, people make a living, even though it might be paycheck to paycheck, but uh, unemployment is very low, mm -hmm. right? So it, it gives uh, people an option of having more flexibility in their income options. But when you come to countries like ours, uh, Mobility is a is a need that's not been fulfilled by any infrastructure, right? You might have seen uh, if you were to visit Nepal rec uh, in recent times, there would be a sea of people waiting for a public bus, mm -hmm. and 
and they would be cramped inside. Okay, so that's the first thing. So we do not have a public mobility or a public transportation infrastructure. And therefore, uh, Tootle does not add to the convenience. It adds to the necessity of people. It is necessary for your day-to-day -day mobility. Okay, that's the, that's the first thing. That's really interesting. Because what you see, perspective. Yeah. yeah. So, so if you were to move from point A to point B in, in Kathmandu without having your own vehicles, motorcycles, cars, whatever, uh, you would find uh, that people lack their freedom of movement. If you're in the West, if you're in Europe, if you're in US, uh, like you would not be restricted in your freedom of mobility because uh, you know you have uh, your public trans transit and all sorts of things. Uh, here, unfortunately, people lack the freedom of, of movement. Okay. So while Uber uh, or Lyft adds to your convenience of mobility, Tootle is about enabling everyone with that freedom of mobility. And freedom is the fundamental necessity. And freedom of movement is, uh, is something that uh, adds up to your economic opportunity. That's on the first side. On the second side, uh, when it comes to <clears throat> the, the jobs, we are also speaking about a country that has a high level of unemployment. The people who are uh, having to migrate to Middle East or uh, Malaysia. Uh, there are many people who don't have jobs. So here for them, it's not just about flexibility of income. So it's not like uh, in, in New York, Manhattan, where a, a person would do 10 to five uh, in, in a bar and then go out driving Uber to make an extra income. It's about giving them the income opportunity, the basic income opportunity, uh, and 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 therefore it adds up to more impact. Okay, so it's it's not just about uh, doing business and uh, increasing value of the company. It's about creating more impact. So emerging markets like ours mm -hmm. would be the engine of entrepreneurship and economic growth, because most of the people are in dire needs of uh, such innovation. Yeah, just so that's a that's a different perspective. Yeah, just having that perspective is really interesting. Uh, I would also add, uh, yes, Nepal uh, having such a large population concentrated in Kathmandu Valley, and, and mm -hmm. I remember I grew up in Nepal until I finished my high school. So every day I was in New Road. I had to go to I live in Gongobu, so uh, I had to wait in line for the any public transportation we could find. Me and my mom used to go back, uh, like, like cramped up in a microbus and so on. So any option that adds up uh, that comfort of being able to go home at night uh, regarding the safety as well, the more the night, the dangerous the streets mm -hmm. get. So that any option of people being able to go home after work is a level mm -hmm. of how to, level of as a gift. It, it's more like a gift of safety as well as the freedom of uh, transport uh, to move around is such a mm -hmm. valuable thing that a lot of people in the West don't uh, realize. However, 
yeah yeah uh, even uh, uh, even in the west i would say it's not as uh, easy as we think perceive it to be uh, up here there's a lot of problem as well so same thing with uh, uber and no, you you, yeah. you 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 us has a lot of problems because yeah, the, the entire economy of of us was developed around uh, the general motors and detroit and yeah. cars because they never in- invested on public transportation yeah the, the whole system this... up here is like you either need uh, i'm just talking about in united states uh, specifically in texas uh, state you do, you need a car to move around so there is a problem for public transportation as well there not there are not many buses and there are not many other way of transport there's no microbus or anything as such the when the uber, yeah. when the uber and lyft came here it was such a relief for a lot of people as well so i know you are saying uh, in nepal there's a necessity and in mm-hmm. up here in the in the united states it may be an additional facility but almost there the the concept of ride sharing is a necessity everywhere i would even add up united states has a necessity of such option to take additional uh, way of transportation because taxi you you can't call it that much uh, it's, it doesn't feel it almost feels like a rip off every time i take a taxi even though the price may be competitive uh, with uber and uber uh, i used it uber and lyft like couple of times and it made me feel safe it made me feel secure that once i land out of a airport or la- land out of any place and reach somewhere mm-hmm. i can just call that service and i can go to the, my destination so it gives me a, a value in my uh, way of life just by having that app and not relying on taxi because the taxi is really i would not say taxi is a valuable service but it's not uh, it still did not add up to having me a secure way of uh, transportation so you yeah, having yeah. Uh, like invented or you having uh, started the total feels a lot a really great entrepreneurship that i praise uh, for your work thanks uh you know when, when you speak when you spoke about the the kind of necessity that uh, you feel using uh, moving around in in texas in dallas uh, the, the the problem with uh, with us economy is that us economy was built around cars mm. it was built around the roads because uh us never invested on uh, public transportation mm-hmm. you know and the, i don't know if you've been to europe but uh, if you go to europe netherlands uh, france uh and switzerland um even spain mm-hmm. you know you you'd find that they've invested on uh, public transportation um you know the, the best public transportation that i've seen uh is uh, amsterdam netherlands okay where people just cycle to a train station put their bikes inside the train just move around and uh, you don't you don't even need need uber because those people they they've invested on on public transportation which unfortunately is not the case in many places in us mm-hmm. new york has good public transportation it can get you from point to point b pretty much safely uh but the entire economy of us revolves around building bigger roads bigger roads means bigger cars uh bigger cars means more fuel more steel uh more jobs more oil yeah and and if you look at uh, the the sense of opulence that people have there is it's crazy because 
in last 20 years, I think the average size of car has uh, increased from uh, one ton to two ton, mm. but it just carries one person. And if you go to every household, you'd find cars for a husband, wife, their children. The culture here is really individualistic. So uh, yeah. you can, uh, I know like uh, having a culture where we, uh travel in groups in nepal like with friends and so on up here the whenever i came here it's just such a different culture people don't stay too near each other they prefer their own mm. car they like to go around even just hanging around with friends to go somewhere instead of everybody mm. going inside one car the, uh, we call it carpooling that's uh, even that is not uh use that often it's more like eh, let's carpool but everybody's like eh, i'd rather bring my own car there's a complete different culture here everybody needs their own car wants their own car and that's a difference between here and in nepal mm -hmm. where you people prefer to go together but but that also means that uh, you know you uh, you are spending a lot of mm -hmm. energy it is uh, in 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 moving from point a to point b uh, if you look at uh, the per capita energy consumption of an uh, of a person living in US, he or she would consume around 370 gigajoule mm. per year. That's that's too high, which which has uh, uh, which which means that you're driving bigger car, you're tra traveling alone, you're eating a big steak uh, to uh, your heating to everything. So. Yeah. U.S. consumes per capita energy consumption in U.S. is the highest in the world, yeah, followed too. by Canada at 300. And it just uh, halves to around 150 to 170 in Europe. Uh, that, that's a very, very high usage. So when you share mobility, when you, when you pool cars, when you take a public transportation, uh, you are consuming uh, a lot lesser energy mm -hmm. and having a lesser energy footprint. Uh, so you know, behavior of sharing mobility not only impacts in enabling people with the freedom of movement, like I said earlier, but it also impacts in in how uh, we can help build climate resilient societies. You know, how we consume lesser amount of energy. And that's that's one thing. Yeah, is that the other thing that you also? Oh, go ahead. Yeah, sorry. Uh, the the other thing is that uh, if you look at uh, the global uses of real estate on parked vehicles, I think it's around four trillion US dollars, right? So say you move from point A to point B in Dallas, you have a bigger car, and if you look at an average American, they would have a bigger truck-sized uh, vehicle. Mm -hmm. uh, Texas would have even more. I know uh, the, the the big trucks. Yeah, that's the like and the Fords. The trucks almost yeah. outnumber the regular car. I don't know that if that's yeah. the right uh, data, <laughs> but when I'm driving, it feels like so. Yeah, so you, you have a truck at your house that occupies uh, X amount of square meters, uh, which is a cost because that's a real estate. Then you drive that uh, truck from your house to say, downtown, and then you park and go to work throughout the day. That truck is actually occupying a real estate and that real estate could could be used to mm. do something else uh, if used properly it could create community space it could create open space where trees could grow uh, where you can have a football field you could play basketball do anything else mm. right 
So, you know, the, 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 but if you share a ride, if you take a Uber or Google from point A to point B, you're freeing that space up. Mm-hmm. Right? That's, that's a really different it, way of thinking at it. Right. You, 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 you free up that space. And once you free up that space, because a car sitting doing nothing for 10 hours a day is a waste of steel, is a waste mm-hmm. of space. So if people are sharing mobility, it also means that we can move around with uh, much more, much lesser number of vehicles. Mm-hmm. Okay, and that's where the future would be. Uh, when we talk about autonomous vehicle, when we talk about uh, AI-driven cars, these cars would just be moving around. They would not be parked. Mm-hmm. They'd just be picking up people, uh, dropping them off, picking up people, dropping them off, right? And if you're sharing that mobility, uh, you could actually do with a lot lesser number of vehicles because people don't need cars. Mm-hmm. Okay, people need mobility. Yeah, definitely. People need to move. People need to move from point A to point B. They don't need vehicles. Of course, they can use vehicles as, as a means of adventure or traveling. Yeah, you know, just think about how we've evolved in the last 30, 40 years, and you having lived in Kathmandu, people would cycle, isn't it? Cycle was the main form of mobility, but as people graduated to motorbikes and cars, uh, the way people now cycle is mountain bikes, more expensive. <laughs> the same with uh, the, the way people uh, purchase motorbikes in in US. They do it for a recreational purpose. Mm. They don't do it for a mobility purpose because their mobility needs are already met by something else. So, uh, you know, I, I believe that with... Uh, I think we are at the cusp of changing the way mobility would happen. And as and when it does, uh, the way we use vehicles would be more uh, recreational in nature. Mm. The way we, we, we are now using mountain bikes and the way people uh, purchase big BMW bikes to move around the interstate in the US, yeah, not as a means of mobility. Yeah, but. that's definitely a, a, a quirky way. Uh, I would not say quirky. It's a different way of pr- approaching the transportation is like, we don't need we exactly don't need cars or transportation devices vehicles we just need a mobility mm-hmm. uh, a method of mobility that's more yeah. uh, suits our convenience yeah, and yeah, yeah. it doesn't have to be a car it can be ride sharing or anything at all uh, public it, it bus. could be walking it could yeah it, it could, could be walking, be walking. Isn't it? yeah think about the way our infrastructure is, is developed mm. Now, I don't know about Del- Dallas because I haven't been there, but um, uh, most of the cities in, in US, if it's just going a little off the main uh, city, mm-hmm. then you need to drive at least to the train station. Yeah, but right? <laughs> Dallas yeah. has like one, well, I can't say right, yeah, one, but yeah, really yeah, less yeah. Train, sta- uh, train stations, one, uh, one, yeah. one big route. And a lot yeah. of them, everybody is more like travel, car, uh, yeah. We need to go yeah. from one place to so, another. So, is absolutely car based. Yeah, but, but 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 if you go to say Europe, if you go to Netherlands, yeah. you don't actually need a car. You don't need to drive to a train station because train stations are very close to you. Mm-hmm. So their mobility is based on uh, the the last mile mobility is walking or cycling mm-hmm. because you can pretty much cycle to the to the to the closest train station. Yeah, Europe's or small. Walk. Almost anybody in the United States would like always make fun of Europe, like they are small, no, but, the, <laughs> but yeah. Uh, I, I think the, the, the mobility is done mm-hmm. uh, in, a, in a different way, mm-hmm. right? 
when we're speaking about uh, mobility, we also need to now say, I don't have a car, but, uh, and if I come to Dallas, then I will have to say, hey, how Avas, can you drop me to a train station? Yeah, that's, that's, that, such, that shouldn't be there. Yeah, that's, yeah. That's like de- relying on somebody else's for your work. Absolutely. And yeah. it's as your, your, uh, your business model itself is convenience, yeah. keeping that yeah. out so, there. So the point that, I, the, the point that I'm trying to make is, um, when we are speaking about mobility, just put cars and just put the vehicles out of the way and think mm-hmm. about yourself, right? Walking is a form of mobility. Cycling mm-hmm. is a form of mobility. Sharing a uh, ride is a form of mobility. Taking a train is a form of mobility. Flying on a plane is mobility, right? So we need to design our cities and infrastructures based on our needs of mobility, not on the vehicles need to consume more mm-hmm. fuel. Okay. Yeah, and regarding that, uh, like designing yeah. the infrastructure, you started mm-hmm. your uh, company based on the need of the people. You really try to fulfill that need of people from, who wants to go back home after their work and try to fulfill that big mm-hmm. hole where there's no uh, available transportation, there's no enough microbus or there's no enough bus or any service at all in Kathmandu Valley. And you try to fulfill... Mm-hmm a little bit of your service to uh, to the public. How has it, imp- from your perspective, how has your company impacted the lives of the people? Look, uh, before we began this service, uh, and we're talking about uh, Nepal, where people are not exposed to Uber and uh, mm-hmm. not even, uh, they would not even uh, know the use of apps to call a vehicle. Uh, there are a number of challenges, number of challenges with uh, our lack of ability to read uh, maps, our uh, lack of uh, mapping infrastructure, which governments should have done, and the lack of locations and so on and so forth. And of course, the, the dense uh, population and small alleys and uh, nooks and corners of the city. So there were two four challenges. One was uh, the lack of people's education on using maps and technologies and 4G. The second was the nature of the city itself, okay? Uh, But what we tried uh, five years ago was we tried to educate people on changing their behavior that, hey, you know, you could do this. And it was a time where people didn't believe that you could actually use an app and Mm -hmm. summon a bike. People didn't even believe that you could actually drive a motorbike, have someone at the back and make an income out of it. Because a lot to do with entrepreneurship is not really solving a problem. It's about changing human behavior in mass, in large numbers. And that behavior of giving and taking a ride didn't exist before we came along. So, uh, you know, we're, we're really glad and happy that we didn't start a company, we started an industry mm-hmm. that changed people's behavior of uh, using an app to go from point A to point B and pretty much it's now become a norm. Is, is it your, doesn't matter. Is the Tootle one of the earliest one? I know there's a couple it's of the others as well. The Tootle is the first one. Okay. Yeah, we, we started the, you know, so we're very glad to have started the industry. Yeah, I, I kind of I want to apologize myself because I do not. It's been forever since I've been back home. 
in Nepal. So mm-hmm. I don't know the culture mm-hmm. and the, how many people use cell phone and use services. So uh, from the way things are looking, everybody, most of the people, in at least in Kathmandu Valley, knows are educated enough to start, uh, like uh, they can start up their account in Tootle and uh, call the right apps. I would not say everybody, yeah, but yeah. it's uh, people are getting more look, informed, are they? Look, uh, like if my if my grandmom can be on Facebook, who's never been educated and watch Facebook videos, uh, uh, you know, there, there's a strong imperative for people to use our apps, right? Every, everybody's so, grandmoms are on Facebook nowadays. Yeah. So now think about that. I mean, people, it's 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 hmm. entrepreneurship has a lot to do with changing human behavior. Yeah, it's that simple as that. But changing human behavior is the most difficult thing. So from from your perspective, uh, you started the company and your main primary hurdle was almost the behavior of the people to trust your service. Uh, it's not just about trusting the service. It's about changing human behavior mm-hmm. in large number. Okay. Uh, if I were to ask you, what problem did Google solve? Yeah. It's a difficult question, isn't it? It is. If I were if I were to ask you what problem did Facebook solve, difficult question, isn't it? But if I were to ask you what behavior did Google change, it's it's much more simpler answer. It is. Right. Uh, uh, Tesla. Why is it the most valuable company? What problem does it solve? Tesla does what? not solve mobility problem. Yeah. Isn't it? Because it's already been solved by, it's 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 been already solved by, the Henry Fords and the General Motors and and other companies and Toyotas of the world. Yeah, to, uh, Teslas were, and other what, are the base. The what problem do they solve? Is I guess those are like pointed question. They they solve manufacturing problem or any technological yeah, but, problem. But, but, but as you but said, what is Tesla trying to do is Tesla is trying to change human yeah, behavior. And that's the bigger part, electric, the bigger picture of it. The sustainable mobility, the electrical mm-hmm. electric mobility, isn't it? Uh, and the way they did it was that you cannot have an electric car, mm-hmm. uh, which is lousy in, in the way it looks and the way it drives. Yeah, it it needs to be a super car because mm-hmm. if you're competing with the fuel guzzling uh, Ferraris and McLarens of the world, I mean, uh, electric cars should demonstrate mm-hmm. that it is more able mm-hmm. than any of the uh, competitors that are on internal con- combustion engines. So, yeah. you know what what they're trying to do is they're trying to change human behavior. Uh, innovation starts by thinking about solving a problem. The problem at Tesla was uh, you innovate to try to solve the sustainability energy energy problem, mm. but you continue by changing human behavior. Yeah. Uh, so so when, for, just, for uh, any entrepreneur. Yeah. yeah just when about uh, just uh, comparing Tesla, when I came to states and uh, heard about Tesla and the, their beginning, I almost felt like well. Nepal has Safa Tempo. <laughs> we mm-hmm. already run electric uh, vehicle uh, for public transportation. Mm-hmm. And why does the U.S. Mm-hmm. not have anything uh, as that sort? Almost ne- felt like Nepal beat United States for electric vehicle mm-hmm. up here. Well, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a very difficult question because uh, U.S. Uh, during the last uh, uh, 
four years under Trump's uh, presidency, <laughs> they actually exited the Paris Climate uh, Accord, which has recently been uh, again entered into by by Joe Biden. So, <laughs> you know, why is a is a very natural question, and mm. I think uh, you know you guys uh, have. Uh, Uh, yeah, there's uh, US a lot of, has lot of political, uh, very complex, complex. complex. Uh, it's 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 more of a political mm. problem than than environmental one. Yeah, almost. I almost uh, feel like even no matter what the policy, even if you are in uh, Paris Climate Accord or not, the need mm. for people to innovate and bring up new green uh, vehicle, uh, with, even without the government intervention. Is uh, look, is almost a demand by people themselves? Yeah, look, uh, having a green vehicle is not just the solution. Yeah. Uh, it's about efficiency, mm-hmm. you know, because there's nothing as an electric car. Uh, every car is a car with an electric motor. Mm-hmm. Right? If I have a diesel generator uh, being pumped in in my house because there's load shedding, and then I'm charging uh, that electric vehicle with that uh, diesel power. Mm-hmm. It, it's a diesel-powered car. It's not an electric car because it, it is charging through an energy source that is coming through diesel. Yeah. Okay. Uh, even if it's a Tesla or um, any other vehicle, uh, it's mostly powered to... by right now. At least in United States, it's mostly powered by coal and nuclear, coal. and some part uh, solar yeah. and uh, hydro as well. Yeah. So so, mm. so, so, so coal is a bad fuel. Yeah. Nuclear is a clean fuel. So. Most of the electric cars, most of the Teslas are still coal cars. Mm. Okay, but what we need to understand is that uh, you need to increase the efficiency. Mm. So if you're in a public transportation, if you're uh, dropping off your trucks and using public transportation, uh, then you're being more efficient. Your carbon footprint, your energy footprint, is coming down. Okay, so the greatest innovation that uh, Elon Musk is aiming at mm. is that uh, look, you need you need to understand this. That if you're talking about energy, uh, uh, the the battery itself uh, has very low power density. Okay, mm-hmm. so I I would say that a, a Tesla car battery would be 500 uh, kilowatt per kg. Yeah, they're trying to decrease that. Yeah. Uh, so they're trying or, to or increase that. increase so, that. My bad. So, but but if you're comparing that with a diesel, uh, diesel has 12,000 kilowatt mm-hmm. per kilo. So that's the reason why you'd never have a in 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 near future you are less likely to have an electric powered plane that crosses the Atlantic mm-hmm. because it will be really heavy, isn't it? Because uh, to to have the same amount of energy, you need a a, a very large size battery. Mm-hmm. Okay. So uh, what Tesla and Giga factories are trying to do is they're trying to increase the the capacity. Mm-hmm. So a lighter battery would give you more power. So so when you're talking about say the innovation on public transport, it, it's not necessary to have electric cars mm-hmm. or electric buses. What you need to have is more people move around <clears throat> in a way that consumes less mm-hmm. energy. Yeah, okay? So if you have more more public transit, if you have more people crossing the cities and and sharing uh, a public transit, that in itself would be a huge impact. To, to climate um, than uh, using your big size uh, trucks mm-hmm. to go from that's, A to B. As you, as you said, that's a whole uh, condition of changing a behavior. And that's harder. Mm-hmm. That's harder to change. 
than just in, uh, starting something uh, that initiates behavior. So you started a your company basically does that, uh, does help mm -hmm. reduce carbon uh, footprint of people can use your service so that they don't have to bring their car to the destination, just use whatever is already running. And that I guess uh, that's indirectly changing the PV people's behavior of uh, helping out reduce the carbon footprint, I guess, footprint. Yeah, so, 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 so what we're doing is we are, you know, with the, with the use of the app, today we are trying to use uh, sharing behavior. Mm. Now, five, 10 years down the line, uh, we hope that, uh, you know, all our vehicles would be electric. Uh, because here it's it's a clean energy. Mm. It's it's more of hydroelectric energy. It's it's cleaner, right? Uh, and uh, we can we hope to transform the mobility infrastructure. And uh, Kathmandu is a wonderful place for uh, sustainable mobility. Unlike anywhere else in the world, we travel less distances. You know, our communities are organized uh, uh, in a different way by which uh, we can actually make it happen. Mm. But, uh, and, and with so much of young people, young population here, I think by igniting that change in behavior would have a long-term and sustainable impact on how people move around and how people access to economic opportunities in more sustainable way. So it's, it's just the beginning of a journey today, but we hope that uh, our impact can only be measured 10 years down the line as to what we've done. So let's go a little bit in depth about your company, do you, so right now I found out uh, there's about almost a million downloads for the app. Was it a million or uh, I got my data. Uh, I don't know if I just checked it, I forgot, I completely forgot. But there's a lot of downloads yeah. of your app and there's a lot of people yeah. who are in service, people who are using mm -hmm. your app for jobs as well as for, as a customer. So True. how, uh, that's that's a big number then, more, way more than what I expected. And how mm -hmm. do you think this has uh turn out for the community of uh, Kathmandu Valley? For the community? Yes. I think it's 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 given them, uh, again, I, I told you, it's mm. given them a freedom of uh, of movement. Uh, uh, no, not in that sense, but like, how has they responded? Has they been well, appreciative? Then, of course, I mean, uh, they, they have appreciated. Uh, of course, when it comes to services like ours that touch their daily lives, mm. uh, there are also questions raised. But now it's become a norm for people to use Tootle to move from point A to point B anywhere they go. Um, and uh, they have really and truly appreciated uh, uh, our work uh, because at the end of the day, we just help them move around, isn't it? And the second thing is that uh, as total, your biggest competitor does not exist. Your biggest competitor should be the government with the public transportation infrastructure. Mm -hmm. And uh, it is also very less likely that uh, we would have a pub public transportation infrastructure of uh, public transit and subways uh, in next 10 years. Uh, I feel it is very less likely. So we need to fill in a gap uh, and we should take our role. and. And the people in the valley and outside the valley appreciate what we've done. Yeah, I'm just <laughs> going to ask. Uh, I remember when Uber and Lyft was uh, getting popular in the United States. There were a lot of questions, and a lot of uh, people were had a lot of questions, and they were not satisfied. Some people were happy, and there was a big struggle within the community of uh, Uber or Lyft users 
and the other sector of public transportation as well as the government. In your uh, perspective, what was, I would say, has, uh, has there been a pushback for your service from other sectors in Nepal? Well, yes, I mean, we, we, we faced uh, challenges. We, we do continue to face them. Uh, but because we touch people's lives and we help people move around, they, they have come to our rescue. We've been to the courtrooms. We've had our struggles with the government. What, what was uh, the main issue? The, uh, it was the issue with, again, with the taxi drivers not uh, thinking oh, that we should be allowed to run ourselves. That's, that's exactly so the, the problem here in the United States. Yeah, the same, so, uh, there, so, there's taxi union who <clears throat> said... Uh, it's not only in the yeah. United States, it's, it's, it's everywhere. everywhere in the world. I mean. <laughs> It's in it's in the United States, in Europe, it's in the uh, Middle East, it's in Malaysia, it's everywhere. So, mm. uh, and it's not uncommon. It's it's uh, it's very common. So uh, that 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 is continuing. So, but, but but that's fine. I mean, that's that's the way it is. Yeah, I almost uh, feel like there there would not be an end of people pushing back on your service because, as you said, uh, the catman the taxi service or other services that compete indirectly to your service, they would always want to have a monopoly of what they provide services to the people. But overall, yeah. to the general public, what uh, having more options, more facility to take a ride and to reach their destination is always for the benefit of having more services like yours. And has uh, one, one more question, uh, like one of the main problem I feel Probably you might have heard a lot of people asking, is Tootle, like, uh, this is one really common question. People are afraid to take a ride with stranger. So this is, I guess, mm -hmm. the same with the behavior, taking a ride with a stranger. How would you say, like, yeah. why Tootle is probably even better than taxi in taking a ride with a stranger? I mean, see, look, 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 look. When you're taking a taxi ride, you're still taking a ride with a stranger, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> every every this is such a long question and every people ask it. It's like I don't want to take a ride with stranger. I'm like, you literally have their information on your phone. How <laughs> look look uh, it's 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 a you know, your human brain does not think rationally most of the time and this is one of those uh, instances. Um and I've I've answered this on, on several forums, but the easiest way I can actually explain people is um, your chances of dying on a plane crash is 20 times less than uh, cr while crossing the street. Okay. But most of the people fear flying plane than crossing the street because uh, you don't fly every day, but you cross the street 20 times a day, isn't it? Because that builds onto your daily behavior. And anything that uh, is your daily behavior, howsoever dangerous it may be, you do not question those behaviors. Uh, so it's same with taxi because we have been we've been used to taking taxis with with strangers and uh, we've been uh, used to traveling in a public bus with uh, strangers, taking a public transit with strangers for donkey's years and you don't question that behavior. Uh, but when you're taking a ride on a tootle, you we know who the person is, we know their numbers, you know your details, but still you question that because it's a new behavior. So it takes time for people to sink into a new behavior. Uh, you know, you're 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 always scared to uh, take a take a detour, isn't it, uh, mm -hmm. to your house? You're always scared to take a new road. Uh, 
uh, a, a newer route to your place. So it, it, it is a human behavior, but at the end of the day, you're always taking rides with strangers. Mm. In this case, uh, we know who they are and we have uh, apparatus in place by which we can make your rides more secure and safe. Yeah, and uh, regarding safety and security, a uh, lot of the people, I guess, uh, female tra uh, travelers are more, uh, they don't have a strict way of saying, uh, they would feel more conscious, I would say, they don't want to trust the service right away because of uh, Nepal has a lot of incidents of not one, not as a total, but more as a, in transportation and mm -hmm. sexual harassment and other cases, especially in Kathmandu mm -hmm. Valley. A mm -hmm. uh, lot of people uh, have, a, uh, I guess, legitimate uh, question regarding how safe it is, is it. I know no, okay. I, uh, I have a, as you said, uh, behavior in uh, the behavior mm. of me as how I uh, am surrounded in uh, United States culture. I don't even think about that way. But for people mm. in Nepal who are more conservative on having those kind of uh, new um, changing the way of transportation, how would you assure them? to have this is really secure and uh, this is uh, even probably better than taxi. Look, so what we're doing is right now, as we speak, we're training around uh, 8,000 bikers on uh, sexual harassment. So every day there are three to 400 uh, of our partners, of our drivers who take a training you know, from a very reputed uh, organization in terms of uh, the safety measures and 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 uh, sexual harassment so that's our duty we feel that we need to uh, conduct these these trainings and help uh, our bikers educate uh, because uh, you know it's 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 more of a social problem than a than total problem mm -hmm. because if there's a man who harasses a woman uh, that person whether is riding a motorcycle on Tutu, mm -hmm. or is in a public transportation, or having tea at a at a at a gully. Mm -hmm. You'd still do that. Yeah, it's a problem with our education. It's not the problem with where he is, whether you know. But it's 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 a problem with um, our, our education because we never made uh, these things uh, come out in the textbooks as uh, we educated them. Yeah, you all okay. almost having that, as you said, having an education based on sexual harassment for your employees. That's a really great. Step they're not forward. our employees. They're not. They're, they're not oh. our employees. They are yeah, contract partners. Partners. Right? So, so we we conduct that training, and uh, we feel that uh, it's it's about educating them. Uh, so, uh, it 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 should have uh, been done through our own uh, curricula education system but unfortunately that's not the case so it's i think it's our duty to do that yeah you're taking a step is uh you know definitely in the right direction for sure and do you do you feel like it's uh, making progress with uh, regards to uh, educating the people's behaviors taking this our ride shares system is uh, at its best we can whatever we are doing and will always progress in see what we can do is we can make efforts mm. Okay, we can make uh, make efforts towards educating more people and try to change their behavior. Because what is the level of acceptance? Uh, and that level of acceptance only changes as more people are educated. I mean, in the US, 
till 19 mid 19 uh, 20th century uh, black people and and white people had different seats in a bus mm -hmm. and it was perfectly acceptable for them and uh, a large group of people they resisted that black and whites should go to the same school yeah there was segregation yeah. all over uh, yeah and till 1916 uh, women were not allowed to vote mm. isn't it because they felt that it was perfectly okay because that was uh, an assumption made on their own conscience and uh, the kind of education that they, they they had so 20 years ago it was perfectly okay for a for a man to harass a woman and by harassment i mean uh, not just a physical harassment but by just looking into women because that is the context that people grew up into mm -hmm. because of lack of education isn't it? but we need to change that we need to make sure that uh, everyone needs to understand they're sensitized um, around uh, that around the fact that sexual harassment is not only about physical harassment which people mm -hmm. feel it is okay it is about uh, uh, more to do with uh, non-physical harassments and this is something that we want to help uh, we want to educate people so we want to tell them that like 20 years ago it's not okay to look at a woman for 20 seconds mm -hmm. it's not okay to text them uh, without the consent it's not okay to stop and then uh, give them a call it's not okay right so uh, those are the things that we're trying to do and uh, we're trying to make them more sensitized on the issues of sexual harassment, and we're happy to have come back. And with your service, the, I feel a lot of people, a lot of especially ladies, feel empowered to tra travel around the Kathmandu Valley using your service. You are giving them, as you said, a, a chance in mobility. And mm -hmm. I, I just heard a recent news. I don't know if the that's a government policy of the ladies not being able to travel or the immigration uh, where they have to be uh, more than 40 years old. Uh, to, uh, I just wanted to, because yeah. I just heard it and I, I researched it a little bit, but uh, I want to get, get the on-the-ground report of what what ha what is happening in there. And th because these things look, impact even look, your look, business. Look, see, if you look at the world, right, it's, it's a world that's designed by men for men. Hmm. Uh, you know, and and it's sad. I mean, if if you think about such policies, uh, it's it's a, a random bureaucrat uh, who might have come up with these rules to to restrict women, isn't it? Because they feel that they can come up with such obnoxious um, things that that you can't even comprehend now think about a woman having to take a, a consent from um, your what family I... just to move 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 around i mean why can't women move around mm. why do uh, men have to protect them and uh, why can't they just do it by themselves so basically the, the problem is more structural because the world as we see is more designed by men for men and uh, and and you can find that if you have to walk through mm. from say pulchok to jaula hill in Kathmandu, okay uh, so if a man walks from point to point b from pulchok to jaula hill uh, and compare a woman walking the same street 
how many toilets are there? Because That's, women would have uh, yeah. uh, needs of sanitation, of hygiene. Uh, but men can pee everywhere. <laughs> they can stand by a tree and True. just pee. But women can't. Mm-hmm. How many toilets have we built? That's okay. such a how obvious question uh, and there's like no yeah. answer. Yeah. How, how, how wide are sidewalks? Because uh, uh, it would be women who would be taking care of the babies when they're young. Mm-hmm. So maybe they're more likely to take strollers up. Right? How, how feasible it is for them? Can they change their nappies? Mm-hmm. Uh, nappies of the babies as, as, as they walk. So if you look at the entire infrastructure, it's, it's designed for men who can just pee randomly in the streets. Okay, and the, the reason why you don't find public toilets, and even in the US, I, I, I feel it's the same. Right? Uh, at least but, in the United States, but, you go to a public, uh, I guess, uh, cafe or anywhere to, there's a lot yeah. of restrooms, but I get, uh, th- this is completely different up here. It's, you never think it as way, because Nepal yeah, has so, such a problem in so, so, basic. So it's a structural problem. Now, yeah, structural I think problem. If, if, if on that urban planning, when you plan to create such spaces, if there was a woman or a group of women who would have this discourse mm-hmm. with men as to how we should design the sidewalks, right? And then women would say that, okay, we have this sanitation need, but how are you going to create those spaces? Then the conversation is different, isn't it? Mm-hmm then we, we need to have a, a world and an infrastructure that is equitable to everyone, mm. that can be accessed by everyone equally. So as much as we see this 40 years old is a, is a ridiculous policy, but it also builds on to how our infrastructure is, is designed. Mm. Yeah. The, uh, unfortunately... The pol- Mm, the policy itself, uh, from what I found, was like they haven't passed it, but that that was that even came up to the table. That brings a lot of question, like how their mentality is. Absolutely, I mean, just having that policy on table of restricting women who has already lived more than half of their life. Uh, if we were to take uh, our average age in Nepal, is absolutely ridiculous because you are restricting. Uh, women with their freedom of mobility, of freedom of movement, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, this is very regressive, and you cannot condone such a, a policy mm-hmm. thought process. It, it's, I, I'm sure that policy would never be passed, uh, but just to be thinking of such uh, things speaks volumes about uh, how patriarchal our society is. Definitely. It reflects and both I, on policies mm-hmm. and infrastructure. Yeah, I definitely. When I first heard it, it's just like, are, what what is happening? <coughs> Sorry, I thought Nepal was like progressing towards being modernized, having equality, and Nepal was pretty uh, forward in providing equal rights. But there's always a creeping uh, patriarchal uh, structure within the system where. Mm-hmm. The male, of male always, the pretty much every services are preferred to the male, male society, or I guess the male side of the society. Where even I wanted to ask you that because your service, what you, what the total provides, mm-hmm. is 
a break for a lot of women to travel by themselves so they don't have to depend on somebody else to uh, take them somewhere else. I don't have to call my brother. Yeah, I don't have to call somebody else. You can depend on them. Gives uh, ladies or anybody, guys, ladies, anybody, uh, extra freedom, extra wings to travel to without uh, being dependent on cars or taxis and uh, having unsure like if you can find a taxi there or not. Mm. Do you? Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, mm -hmm. Go ahead. That was the whole idea because. Uh, you know, how you could liber liberate people with the freedom of movement was uh, was very important. And uh, we were glad that more than 50% of our, or at least 50% of our rides are taken by women because... Uh, oh, that's a big number. Yeah, so they, they can leverage to move uh, themselves to move from point A to point B. What's, uh, what's the average, grow. like a number of uh, people that takes uh, your service? We have a large number. We are into thousands. Right. So I'll not disclose the exact number, but we're into thousands. But every half day, of them are female. Every day. Well, that's that's a whichever number that is, but that's big, and uh, for especially yeah. for people from Kathmandu, that's that's a huge number. It's it's a good number, and we still need to grow ourselves. But uh, the the way we think is that you need to provide dignity and mobility for everyone. Mm. Okay, so when a woman moves. Uh, they're now dignified because they don't have to rely on anyone mm -hmm. to move around. So how so, so it's uh, how yeah. reliable is your software itself? Uh, because a lot of apps, developing country, uh, I know you have a lot of uh, amazing software developers. So how reliable is the app themselves? Uh, I just went up and checked a few Google review. As any mm -hmm. app would have, there would be some uh, positive and some negative. So do you think your app is competitive with others? We, we are, we are improving ourselves and it's a, it's a very complex technology one needs to understand, mm. right? Because uh, if you were to make a digital payment, uh, your payment can wait you, if the app does not work for one hour or two hours. Mm. Our app needs to be up 24 into seven and 24 hours into day um, and 30 days a, a Every month day. and 365 days a year every moment because people want to move they want to move mm. so it's a very complex platform and uh, in last eight months we've switched from our old platform to the new platform and we're still working on uh, improving and we've improved uh, significantly uh, but trust me when i say this uh, that we build everything here every pixel of our app is developed in nepal made in nepal and we need to yeah 100 percent mm -hmm. So we need to research, we, 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 we fail, we learn again, uh, and we are on our way to making it more reliable and uh, people love our service, but we still need to improve. The day we feel uh, we don't need to improve and the day I say that we are 100% reliable and better than anyone else, that's the day we start dying. So we, we need to improve even though... Uh, There's never stopping of improvement. As, as anybody Absolutely. would say, uh, you are giving example of... Uh, um, Elon Musk and his works, his, uh, mm -hmm. his concept of the Tesla cars is it's almost as same as yours, uh, where you say reduce the carbon foot footprint. And his, mm -hmm. all his vehicle updates every single day. So whenever he takes, <coughs> uh, releases a car, mm -hmm. one car uh, produced is better than the, I guess the, the newest car is always better than a, uh, the old car a day before. So every day they are mm -hmm. improving. And they're adjusting to yeah. that. We, we need to improve every mm -hmm. day. And uh, 
and the fact that uh, we have been here for quite a while is also a testament to our, our resilience. Mm. We're just ordinary people who try to do extraordinary stuff. That's that's simple. You know, we we just very we we just totally just a group of very ordinary people. So talking about those ordinary people, how did you form your team? I, I want to uh, know and I want to get some education regarding the entrepreneurship because a lot of people, uh, somebody, somebody of our audience might be listening to you who would want to start a new business, want to get started. I want to build a company. I have funds. I have people I know. I have ideas. How did you start from your idea to having this uh, software or like this app? It's it's a continuous process. I wouldn't. I'd be very unfair to say that. Okay, this is how it started, and this is how it went. And it's a continuous process. But you 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 got to start somewhere. You got to have uh, confidence in the people that you work with. You you know you just find people. You know you find people and give them the courage to think out of the box. Give them a courage to uh, learn new things. Give them a courage to fail and. Uh, that's how Tutu was built. We, like I said, we were just a group of. We are still a very group of very ordinary people, but what we have is a sense of resilience, and uh, we we are willing to try out new things. So every entrepreneur needs to start, mm-hmm. and start at a point where you can risk failing, and uh, you learn, you you grow, and you fail. You learn, you grow, and you fail. So it's entrepreneurship is never a process of a steady growth. You'd never have a uh, exponential growth. Every growth will come with with valleys. There would be peaks. There would be valleys. Uh, every time, uh, whether it's uh, Elon Musk or Jeff Bezos, you know, everyone has to go through this this sinusoidal kind of a wave where. Uh, you you have those things but the idea is to start the idea is to start did you start and, with uh, uh, people that you knew with or was it uh, the we, idea that you started with no it's it's the people that we knew with right so mm. uh, and a lot of uh, things to do with entrepreneurship entrepreneurship uh, has to do with optimism mm. uh, and that's something that uh, that's a great quality that people in silicon valley have us as a country is a country of optimists mm-hmm. isn't it uh, because uh, basically you you move to us and i think the kind of textbooks that you read there and here are the same uh, okay two plus two is four here two plus two is five, four there there's no fundamental difference in the theory of gravity that you learn in mm-hmm. Kathmandu university or mit uh, but when you when you're meeting with grad school students when you go to silicon valley when you go to colleges and university there's a sense of optimism that people in US have that we can actually change the world for better. And that optimism drives entrepreneurship. Mm-hmm. The reason why Silicon Valley is the most innovative place and, and the place where, which is the cradle of entrepreneurship and innovation and invention is that it, it comes through that sense of uh, optimism. And mm-hmm. for anyone who wants to begin the journey as an entrepreneur needs to be an optimist. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, you fail, you try again, but never lose uh, the, the optimism. Yeah, that that's really pretty way to, uh, that's, I would say, not just pretty, but it, that's a very hopeful way to put it. And a lot of people, I guess, 
me as uh, being here in the States for such a mm. long time. And we, we do have discussions like uh, I've been here for almost 12 years. And I know people who have been here are even longer or even shorter. But there's always a talk of I want to start. I want to go back and do something. For me, uh, I had my own. I have my own way, and I have my own uh, destination at that I want to reach. But for a lot of people, they are stuck in the states, working. They have potential, but they almost feel like going back would crush it for some reason, and they feel like, oh, I want to go back. And some some people do, but they uh, almost feels like uh, because of the culture and they grew. They grew, kind of grew up here. Uh, I mean, they grew up in Nepal, they came here, they became a, an adult here. And when you go back, uh, the culture is a little different and uh, everything messes up. So there's a lot of positive as well as negative uh, connotation yeah. with people just being able to come to the United States or go back. What do you say? To, yeah. What would you say to people who wants to do something for Nepal, but feel like, oh, I don't know if I should go back or out. Maybe I should do it from here. How is how do like what yeah. is your perspective in that? Look, uh, I mean, if you're talking about people who want to say that, oh, we want to do something for Nepal, mm -hmm. uh, you know, I think if you want to do something for Nepal, do it for yourself first. Mm -hmm. You know, when when you say I want to do something for Nepal, it feels that oh, I'm privileged and I need to help these people. Mm -hmm. No, mm -hmm. treat Nepal as a market. Okay, uh, that perspective needs to change. I've lived in US and I need to do something for Nepal home country. There are enough people who can do mm. here, right? So, so that narrative should change. That's my opinion, mm. right? Rather than saying, I want to do something for Nepal, they should be saying, I want to do something in Nepal. Mm. Okay, so that's the that's difference. Uh, the second thing is that uh, about the culture, uh, if someone's born in Nepal, goes to US, and then all of a sudden the accent comes in and you become more individualistic. And mm. then you go back and you, you feel that you can't assimilate in the Nepali society, which is not true. Mm -hmm. Because your culture is also a function of your DNA and your genetics. Okay. There's a difference between our culture and the culture of... So, so the West culture is more of an individualistic culture. Mm -hmm. The Eastern Asian culture is more of collective culture because there's a... Uh, there's a there's a difference in DNA. I think it's some D7 gene that 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 decides whether you are an individualistic culture or a collective culture. So even if you've been living in US, your your culture does not change. Mm. If they say that no, my culture has changed to being in US, they're lying. It's not mm. true, because your genetics does not change. It's only the way you live with people. Yeah, it's just uh, getting so, used to uh, the basic facility that you are so used to it. You almost feel like oh, yeah, uh, yeah. Nepal doesn't uh, have this uh, and yeah. that. I might not adjust. Uh, yeah, I, I'm guilty of that as well. Yeah, so so it's it's nothing to do with the culture, isn't mm. it? It's it's to do with the, the other facilities. Here you might have to wait for a little longer mm. um, in the fuel pumps, but on the hindsight, you don't need to get off the car in the cold and put the gas yourself. Someone else would do it for you. Mm. Okay. Some so, some things are even better there. Absolutely. I mean, yeah. uh, and and I have I have a lot of friends who have moved back. I also have a lot of friends who've been living in in the West for the last twenty five years. Mm. Okay. So your your culture does not change, and uh, I think 
uh, that question of saying that, you know, we cannot assimilate in the Nepali society, uh, I would feel that it's not true. <laughs> it definitely gives you a lot of, uh, it makes me think. I, yeah, because, I have my own path, uh, yeah. but a lot of people yeah. ha does have that discussion. And when we see people like you innovating mm -hmm. and starting up something really great, it gives mm -hmm. a lot of people a lot of hope. And that's why I, w I wanted mm -hmm. to ask is like, what do you feel is missing? Uh, I mean, culturally in see, Nepal, there's almost something missing uh, that's failing to call look, back people. Look, uh, you know, you we cannot say we, we can call people back. It's up to people to come back and see. Mm -hmm. I've traveled a quite, quite a fair bit. I've been to, and I've met a lot of Nepali youngsters. You know, last year I was in Sydney in an event organized by the mm -hmm. diaspora. Uh, I flew to, then I flew to New York, New York. I've been to, and I've, I've been meet, meeting a lot of uh, Nepali people. You know. And if you come to Kathmandu, Kathmandu is as vibrant, if not more than any of the cities that I've visited. Okay, uh, and uh, you have a lot of progressive young people who want to do something. Uh, we had a women's march yesterday, which we couldn't imagine happening ten years ago. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, on, uh, uh, we have uh, many progressive youngsters who want to who want to get into politics, who want to get into entrepreneurship, uh, and it's 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 a vibrant youth, just like. Uh, uh, a, a, a cultural revolution that's happening. Uh, there have been uh, music, uh, people are playing jazz, people are doing uh, arts, people are doing theaters, they're doing monologues. It's, it's a vibrant society. I mean, uh, uh, the growth of the society is dictated by how the young people perceive themselves. Uh, they're, they're perceiving themselves as artists, musicians. And that's a great indicator of where we are going. Of course, we do have mm -hmm. significant legacy problems, legacy in our politics, legacy in bureaucracy, uh, legacy in the way we do things. Mm -hmm. uh, but if you look at the promise that the youngsters bring in uh, with, the, with the vibrance and the change and the energy and the way they, they want to question everything mm -hmm. that comes from the bureaucracy and the government, I think uh, there's no reason why we can't be hopeful about uh, the situation. Culturally. The and I'm uh, really... Yeah. And culturally, uh, do you think this will continue for years to come? Or has there been... It's always... There's always a push and pullback uh, with any culture, mm -hmm. even uh, going being Western, getting used to Western mm -hmm. cultures. There's always a little bit of pushback. Like, you, know, you might have... As you said, uh, there's some pushback even for total uh, get for getting uh, people used to it, or there's uh, pushback from the governments and so on. For entrepreneurship and to start up business, what do you think is uh, the pushback that a lot of people, a lot of people try it and they fail, or they need some kind of uh, motivation? What do you think has been a pull, pull or push factor? I think the, the biggest thing is that we don't believe in excellence, mm. right? Uh, I've always seen uh, that in the West. I uh, say, uh, I don't know, you know about yoga, right? Mm. They call it yoga. It's actually yoga. But uh, the the West, uh, they mastered it and they rebranded it as yoga and everyone's now adopting it. <laughs> so there's a pose in yoga called uh, triangle pose. 
but the real name of that pose is called trikonasan trikon means tri- triangle no one knows trikonasan they call it triangle pose because the westerners rebranded it so you know uh, what we can learn from the west is how they can brand things i can tell they can tell stories and make it their own and that is i think living in us you guys bring in that 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 asset of branding everything just look at the smss that flood your phone the the messages you know like just the drive pass everything is branded everything is mm. they're just luring the their they want the share of your mind mm. in nepal i think that is something that we need to bring in we do have um opportunity to innovate because there are significantly large number of issues that we need to handle and take mm-hmm. care of mobility payments there could be energy n number of issues that we need to tackle uh but we need a fresher perspective of how we can brand as global companies so when you spoke about what are the hindrances there there are a lot and i don't want to speak about anything because those things will be everywhere okay mm. uh because as human beings we don't uh, we're not accountable to ourselves and we would like to blame that it's because of the policies that we had to fail mm. uh if it were for the policies i should, i would never have started mm. to begin with uh if it were for the law uh so we we shouldn't be speaking about what are the hindrances because it's it's, it's always going to be there a, yeah just, it's it's a way people find excuse for themselves mm. uh what we need to think about is what are the values people can bring in by coming back And, and i think the mm, the optimism uh, and the learning of how you can brand and things like that are very important as you said with the branding itself uh you you find that a uh, a lot interesting in that sense the united states has done well better with branding and marketing almost feels there's a, there's always a positive and negative and a lot of people say it's commercialization of a lot of things and that's kind of ruining st- in the united states or but there's a lot of positive aspect of it and there's uh, of course the seeing an ad nobody likes to see an ad but that's yeah. where the things uh, get monetized and that's where the funding yeah. comes from uh, look right? what happens with branding is that if you look at the 20th century when people started branding the coca colas and mm. the and the alcohols and everything uh you know the the brand stories brand is nothing but stories mm. how well you tell the stories uh, but the branding uh, that was done in the past was uh, because most of the people were not would not have access to information the way we have it today in internet and everything mm. so people would believe in anything that you'd you'd share so branding in 50 years ago uh, that us mastered was telling fictional stories okay but today young people are different mm. they are aware they are aware of things they are more aware of what's happening they're more accountable towards society they're more accountable towards the environment and today if you're doing the right thing then you just tell them the true stories mm. the true stories of how you are impacting the society how you're uh, lessening the impact on climate change how you're changing people's lives and creating jobs so uh, we need to move from fiction to the facts in terms of how we brand today compared to how we branded 20 years ago or 30 years ago in the pre information era so the way we think of branding uh, needs to change but stories are there mm-hmm. the only difference is that we mo- need to move from fiction to fact coca cola is a big fiction it is it, it amplifies your expression 
no. <laughs> so from from what I've heard, there's a lot of rules. People are not supposed to open the stalls. Uh, I know that it had changed no, no, no. now. A lot of businesses it, were it, down. It, People are only yeah, used. They can take taxi, but not bikes. That's what I heard. No, they can they can do pretty much everything, and it's as if there's no COVID. Fortunately, the the cases are coming down. Uh, you know, when we speak to the doctors and the hospital, it's it's really surprising how the cases went down. Mm -hmm. uh, maybe the virus itself was uh, weak in our region. We don't know, but um, yeah, the... uh, you know, we but but we we uh, we we had challenges when we were on under a lockdown. But things are easing up, and uh, the the city is getting back to normal. Uh, we do, of course, wear masks when we go outside and meet people. But it's not a lockdown, and I think the mobility is. Uh, mm. The schools are closed still, but uh, but mobility has become functional. We have a lot of cramped public uh, mm. buses, at as it used to be. Uh, the, the the fact that we the, the fact that political parties have held rallies with <laughs> hundreds of thousands of people <laughs> on the streets, so. on the street, packed always. Yeah. Do they? Yeah, yes. I know they. So there are no have... rules there. I know they did have some rules, but when it came to up to them being on the street, all the rules were like neglected. Yeah, there are no rules with, with that. You know, you can't have hundred thousand people in a in street mm. and still be able to follow rules where people are chanting loud uh, rhetorics up from the stage. Yeah, having uh, having your service total and uh, to be compliance with uh, the COVID in the safety as general without the rules, just mm. as personally, uh, I think the. Uh, the bike and every, uh, bike and scooters are pretty safe compared to being yeah. in box with a car. So yeah, they're very would, safe. Yeah, and I would not think that would matter because I knew they had some kind of rule barring people to have people uh, bikes to have people in behind them, which I felt like that's yeah. a stupid rule. It was stupid. Uh, bikes would be more safe because mm -hmm. number one, it's on the open. Number two, the one of them is wearing a helmet and facing. A different direction. Helmet itself acts as a face shield, and a mask inside would even be better. So two people wearing a helmet, one one person wearing a helmet, the other one at the back wearing a mask. Uh, I think it's pretty safe, uh, given that it's in the open. So, yeah, that's that's pretty obvious and common sense thing. I don't know, once they have to, once the government has to be on the streets, the COVID does not exist. Almost same here no, in the states as well. Right, and uh, I think we have a really good productive um, uh, talk today. And I would uh, lastly want to ask you uh, regarding yourself: like, where is Tootle going now, and maybe five years from now? Do you vision yourself uh, really growing, or is there a different route that Tootle is taking? No, I think uh, what we are set out to do is create a mobility infrastructure. See, look. Uh, when we when internet began 30 years ago yeah 30 years ago yes in the late 90s we used or early 2000 we used internet as a service mm. we used to go to cyber cafes check the email pay 30 40 rupees and come back right it was a service 10 years later internet became an infrastructure which means that you're connected 24 mm. into 7. Uh, if you're talking about uh, nepal back in 10 years ago digital payment was a was a service and with what phone pays and these companies are doing today 
it's set out on building an, uh, a digital payment infrastructure on top of the internet infrastructure, mm -hmm. right? Uh, mobility today that we uh, offer is a service, okay? And 10 years down the line, uh, we hope uh, that it would be an infrastructure. Mm -hmm. And when I say infrastructure, that infrastructure would be built on uh, uh, electric mobility, maybe total charging stations all, all over. Mm -hmm. And uh, our bikes, uh, electric bikes, branded Tudu, would be moving around anything and everything that, that moves in the city. That's really good. Uh, yeah. So, uh, and, and that can just happen at the top of a app, which would look significantly different to how it looks today. Mm. Or maybe a voice command saying that, hey, Tudu, drop a box to my home. Voila, you will. Yeah, even, even Tootle can probably, I'm just putting out there, it can be more like a delivery service as well, some way. Absolutely. Just, yeah. yeah, that's that's Anything amazing. Anything and everything that, mm -hmm. that moves. Yeah, I think uh, these are like really uh, great lessons and uh, great uh, sto your stories that we have heard today. And I hope somebody, people might get inspired and start up amazing other businesses like Tootle or Bigger something uh, that impacts a lot of people in Kathmandu and around the world maybe hopefully from Nepal and hopefully it's all made in Nepal we need more made in Nepal stuff more made in Nepal apps anything at all and impact people's lives for positive and hope to see you yourself and your company do a lot better and yours progressing thanks thanks Alas. pleasure